Hello, gorgeous hero. Wow, I am so excited for today's podcast episode. I am introducing you to Amelie Messenheimer, who is a breathwork facilitator and healer. Her story is absolutely captivating and had me completely engrossed. And I cannot wait to share this episode with you. There is a special treat of a breathwork session at the end of this podcast episode, and you'll hear afterwards because I do it along with her. I was completely out of it at the end of the session and even confused Emma Watson with Emma Thompson. So if you want to know more about where that comes from, you'll have to just wait until the end of the podcast because it does get really juicy then. But I hope you enjoy it. And if you absolutely love it, I would love for you to take a screenshot, share it on Instagram and tag both myself and Emily because it is going to blow your mind this episode. Enjoy. Within us all, there resides a hero. We just have to learn how to tap in and unleash the power inside. Kylie Ann Bowers is the founder of Mind Your Hero. And this podcast is the mind foot you need to transform your mindset, manifest your desires, and live a life filled with magic. Each episode inspires you to discover your dreams and equips you with the tools and courage you need to transform your life. We're so excited to have you here. Thanks for hitting play. Now, let's begin. Hi, Emily. I am so excited to welcome you to the Mind Your Hero podcast. You have such an interesting background as well as amazing expert knowledge on breathwork. And I cannot wait to dig into today's topic. Why, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. It's only a pleasure. So, I'd like to start off with three rapid fire questions to then just allow our audience to understand a little bit about yourself, who you are, and then we'll dive into your story. So the first question I have today is if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Oh, that's a good one. I mean, maybe flight, like being able to like just fly and soar. I'm, I'm obsessed with clouds. Like when I travel, you'll always see me posting about clouds. So probably flight. Amazing. And do you have a specific quote that you absolutely love? Maybe it's one that you live by or one that you just draw inspiration from? Um, I don't know if it's a quote per se, but it's 10 seconds of bravery is what it takes to, you know, approach a man. If you're looking for a date, put yourself out there, do something that feels like you're pushing your edge on fear. It's just 10 seconds of bravery and that feels really manageable. I love that. And I think it's Mel Robbins who does a countdown. So it's like five, four, three, two, one, do it and yeah. <laughs> take that step of bravery. Beautiful. And if you could change something in the school curriculum, and I know this topic could be quite expensive, but if there was one thing that you could add to the school curriculum, what would that be? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, I think my first instinct would be to say something around um, like food and home, but I think what's probably more important is financial management because there's so many people who, you know, uh, don't know how to, um, you know, live beyond p paycheck to paycheck and finding a way of like, what are the right savings and the balance in that, um, I think is super important and something we should definitely be learning early on. I agree. I mean, most people don't even know how to file their own taxes. So, 100%. I mean, taxes would be like the next step, but, <laughs> but also just management. Yeah. If you know how to manage your money so that you're not constantly struggling and like how to prioritize and all those things, I think that's the first step. And then in the perfect world, you know, if you know basic taxes, um, 
that would go a long way in just alleviating so much of the adult pressure we experience then um, further down the line. Beautiful. So let's dive into a little bit about your story. And I know you do breathwork as well as business related mastermind groups and all of that. But how did you even get to being a breathwork practitioner? And I know you've had an array of different things that you've done. So let's dive into your journey because it's super interesting. It's a really long story as well. (laughs) (laughs) So um, to to explain a little bit, since I think a lot of your listeners won't know me, I start. I was born in the UK um, and lived there for the first couple of years and then moved to Germany and Mexico and the US and then back to Germany and then to the UK. And we spend a lot of time in South Africa as well because my mom's South African. So there's a lot of travel and a lot of um, cultural exposure and a lot of movement that has always been in my life. Um, and from a very early age on because of the work my father was doing i was exposed to events and that was a total passion and love of mine um and so by the time i was i think 16 i was running some major um projects um wherever i was and then just kind of stepped more and more into that world which brought me to you know 50,000 uh, people in a music tour in a stadium um club tours that we did which was just the craziest thing i've ever done in my life i think um to being on red carpets and working with american celebrities that were coming over to europe um and traveling with them it's just you, you dive into a completely different sphere of the world um and so we did a lot of traveling and i was like on the road eight months out of the year and really wanted to pursue like that glitterati life not in the sense that i wanted to be famous but in the sense of it felt amazing to be able to travel and see and do and you know i'm a a nerdy productivity person so i like like schedules and being on time and that's why i kept getting booked because i found the perfect balance between being there and being present but not like waving shit in people's faces um you know when you're talking about a-list american celebrities that you see on the front covers of magazines and and all of the instagram feeds there's like a level of productivity that has to happen behind them to get them where they need to go and all of those things that is not usual in your normal life um and i had actually um been a like, I don't want to say awarded, but I was given the opportunity to um, go work on this major project in the, in the States and um, actually fell down the stairs and broke my leg in three different places while I was carrying my moving box, right? Because I was preparing to leave. And that really pulled me out of that rut I had gotten into of always being on the road and pushing everything away because I didn't have time because I was always moving on to the next place or next project or next client. Um, and I had to have emergency surgery and I was then flown back to Germany and um, wasn't allowed to walk for eight months. Um, I had a total of three surgeries and it was really like messy um, and complicated. It wasn't just like a simple break. And that was the halt I needed for me to realize how destructive the life I was living was 
which at that point was my entire identity, right? I identified being the one who was always in the know, being the productive one, being like so tapped into everything. But what I didn't realize was the toll it was taking on my life because I was never there at any of my friends' parties, weddings, birthdays. I was constantly like pushing my emotional things and experiences I should have been processing away because there just wasn't time. If you're walking a red carpet and you're taking care of somebody else, it was like this complete um, codependency in some form, but not on one person. It was like on the job. And I loved it. Like, I won't deny it. And it was like my crack, you know, I would go get my hit and then you you take a break and then you come back. And um, suddenly being pulled out of that for such a forceful amount of time where there was no chance, you know, I needed help bathing and like feeding myself and because it just was so immobile. Um, it was like a really jarring experience. And that's when I was uh, introduced to the world of um, you know law of attraction and manifesting and actually looking at all of the things we've experienced you know I um, spend a lot of time with uh, Danielle Laporte's desire map I'm not sure if you're familiar with the book but it, like, have it next it to me up. right now <laughs> and it became like um, this this like guiding light in some form and I realized that all of my priorities all of my expectations everything was surrounded and focused towards the you know have these clothes have be at those parties you want to have that type of a house and but none of it actually was fulfilling what it was that I was looking for and so as I started to shift out of that like high power intensity go 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 state um and find the balance you know i still continued to work in events but different types uh, i take longer breaks um you know i would always been freelance so it was very easy to sort of work with whatever i was finding um and working on and you know would just travel a little bit less i mean my friends still joke saying you know it's nothing new what you're doing um but it was just a little less intense and it allowed me to go into this work. And then I came across a, um, a company in Berlin that was looking to build a department. And I thought, great, this is a perfect way to still get my fix of events and settle down. And at that time, because of the transition, you know, I was moving again. I just left uh, the UK where I'd been for 11 years. And, um, I was really sort of looking for that grounding, um, and that's where breathwork came in because it was something that was introduced to me while I was in the States um, on a retreat. And she said, this is how you're going to meet your soul. And we all kind of like chuckled, all 20 women of us. And we're like, yeah, right. We're rolling our eyes. But we did it, um, not realizing what the experience would be. And we sat up afterwards and it takes about 45 minutes. Um, and we're like, oh, my God, what has just happened? And it's this different type of crack suddenly that you find in your life and a high that you're like, you're not itching to get the same way like an addict would, but you like in pursuit of that experience. Um, and so I was you know, spending, I spent two years breathing just for myself to release all of those experiences and the trauma and all of the pent up things that I had suppressed while I was busy working um, uh, on all the events and with the celebrities and 
found it incredibly relieving and liberating because I don't have to name anything. I didn't have to explain anything. I didn't have to know why things were that way. I could just breathe it out essentially. And so with that peeling of the layers came this new identity in some form that allowed me to uh, really come back down to my core. And that's when I knew that I had to include breathwork more than just for myself and bring it to the people I was working with. Um, and that's when I did the training um, in Italy, uh, which is a little over two years ago now, and have been doing breathwork ever since. So I do it for myself as well as facilitate. And it's just been the most mind blowing experience ever. I absolutely love your story. I got so involved there. There's so many questions I would like to ask you, but I think I'd like to start off with, you've spoken about identity quite a few times. And I think identity would lead us into limiting beliefs and how we can actually just de-layer and deconstruct our identity. But how would you explain identity and what does it mean to meet your soul and, you know, um, from an identity point? Yeah. Uh, point of view well I think identity for me is a combination of the stories we tell ourselves um, a combination of the societal expectations we think we have to adhere to and what it is that we want and it comes in this weird bundle of you know, like I'm supposed to have a house with a white picket fence and a dog and a husband. Uh, I'm supposed to be earning this amount of money. I'm supposed to be, you know, traveling the world influencer style. And, and while you may like be like, okay, I don't want to be an influencer, but I do want to travel. It becomes this weird, like cooking pot of pressure that we think we have to be or identify with. Um, and it, it leads us down roots and help or, or makes us, well, it doesn't make us, but it guides us in how we make our decisions based on what we think we want and how we want to achieve that thing and get that piece of goal, right? Definitely. And um, you said something there that it's just slipped my mind, but I think it's amazing that going through this breathwork journey, you've reconstructed your identity or have you? I don't say, I, I wouldn't say reconstructed. I think it's deconditioned more than anything. It is a, the peeling back the layers of what I've been told I should have, must have, mm-hmm. or could be doing. Um, and coming back to what's actually more important and the basis of the core of who I am, right? Like meeting your soul in the purest form. If you look at a child, they don't know what fear is. They don't know danger. There was a test they did with kids you know, would they walk across a clear plank? At what age do they identify that as dangerous? Not realizing that there's no solid ground under them. And it was fascinating because the kids would just go, you know, the toddlers, they had no concept of it um, because it wasn't nothing to fear of. They hadn't learned that behavior yet. And so much of the way we behave and react to things nowadays is learned behavior is because we've been taught or told to be afraid of this that or the other if we don't have a hundred thousand on the account and we're not you know we haven't worked hard enough which is just the purest version of bullshit you can come across i love that um i was actually doing some research this weekend and came across different tribes in namibia don't have the english well they don't have a word for the color blue so 
does blue actually exist to them? And they did different studies where they actually have a myriad of different words for the color green. And they can distinguish different shades of green a lot easier than perhaps an English speaking person that only has one word for green. So it, it is so amazing to see how our beliefs are constructed by what we told and learned and observe around us. And I think language also now has a very big part to play with that. But mm, in essence, it's almost as though by becoming who you are, you have to unlearn everything that you thought you were. Yeah. Well, it, there was a quote, and I don't know if I can get this right, from Danielle Laporte, who said, um, you know, our goals are upside down and inside out because we're mm. pursuing something. Like, will the house and a white picket fence and a dog and a husband make you happy? Maybe not. You know, it's like finding the the true essence of what it is and the reality is we will find it's a lot less um and that's the interesting thing about the um you know crisis that we're in at the moment with the coronavirus um is that we're suddenly seeing we don't have to travel we don't have to go see friends every night we don't have to do all of these things we've been told to do um or have just gotten into the rut of doing and you can just be home and you can just do your thing and it can be fine um, and I think it's a great moment for everyone to sort of realize and see like what is like the essential parts of what do I actually need? We don't need so much stuff. We don't need so much attention and so many things, but it's nice to have, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and it just brings you back down to that more core essence of simplicity. And with that comes ease and flow. Beautiful. So talking about ease and flow, I think, this is a beautiful time to transition into breathwork and actually understanding what is breathwork. Because when I speak to people, they're like, Bakali, I breathe every day. It's a subconscious thing and I'm breathing. Like, what do you mean I need to practice breathing? And I think that's a good place to start. What is breathwork? And why do we have to focus on breathing when we do it all the time, all day long? It's a great um, question. So breathwork itself is actually a descriptive word for different forms of using the breath. Um, so there is holotrophic um, breathwork, rebirthing, Wim Hof, the Iceman's version of breathwork, clarity. There are a lot of different forms and a lot of people describe their own practice that is maybe adopted or including other parts as well with with a descriptive word um so i for example call mine soul healing breath work um because of the way i angle and position the work that i do um but actually it is a what we've learned when we sit at our office desks or in our cars is that we don't actually breathe all the way down to our diaphragm right we take these shallow breaths that sit somewhere in like the upper part of your chest which means that your body isn't processing the information, your nervous system isn't getting that relaxation and rest experience that it would normally. Like if you're on vacation, you will find that you're already breathing less. But the sheer fact of sitting in front of your computer at your desk means you're already breathing differently. So while it happens automatically, there's also, again, alert behavior of, I don't have to take a deep breath. But if you're sitting at your desk or you're in a meeting and things are getting a little bit tense and you just consciously take a deeper breath, you will immediately experience your body relaxing a little bit. And that is essentially what breathwork is doing. It is supporting you in whichever form that you choose to practice in taking a deeper breath to relax your nervous system and take it out of 
the fight or flight and into a rest response, which will bring you the rest and relaxation you're looking for. Because breathwork itself, at least the form that I practice, is based on pranayama. And prana is your life force, your energy, and yama is control. So through the breath, you're actually controlling your life force, your energy that you're creating within the body. So by taking shallow breaths, you're reducing the amount of life force and energy you're accessing versus taking a deep breath and actually using the full capacity that you have. I must say, ever since you started speaking, I'm like taking a deeper breath, making sure I'm sitting it upright. It makes a difference. It does. It makes such a huge difference. So why would people want to have this move and shift from being in like your sympathetic nervous system that flight and fight into going into parasympathetic which is more the calming nervous system what are the benefits of doing that why would you want to do this breathwork practice well i mean the the benefits of breathwork are multifaceted right you can remove any stuck energy that you have within your body um, you can strengthen your intuition you can tap into your heart you can calm the entire nervous system you know if you're in a, in a situation where you've seen or experienced something that you know upset you um, it can relax your entire body it can tap into your creativity it can support you in your sleep and immunity um, and it just flushes the system essentially that we have um, by bringing in some more movement the same way we go to the gym to get our endorphins going and the blood pumping the breath is the same but more for the spirit versus the body I love that. And I was having a really interesting conversation with my homeopath and she said that if people learned how to breathe properly and did it consistently, they actually have the ability to even lose weight because your body is then producing less cortisol and you're calming yourself down. So for me, that was one of the things that I found super interesting about breath work is that its benefits just transcend calming down. It's, it's yeah. about immunity at this level. It's about completely just so much more than just breathing yeah it's really a holistic tool and that's the the crazy part about it right it's like it's one it's essentially free if you know how to do it all you have to do is actually sit down and do it and yet it's somehow the hardest thing you can do because you have to get over that resistance to get to what it is that you want um and the reality is that that resistance is the fear that we experience of, you know, doing something that might make us feel a little bit uncomfortable because breath work is work. It's not like just lying down and getting a full body massage. It will feel like a full body massage at the end, but you still have to do the process. But it's because we can deal with all of the little, uh, big and little experiences that we have throughout the day that uh, are maybe traumatic. I don't know if you're familiar with little T and big T trauma um, that occur that sort of clog the system you know mm. it's like um shaving your legs in the shower eventually that drain will get blocked because they're tiny 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 pieces that kind of stack on top of each other and make a problem the tiny piece of hair in itself isn't going to be the problem definitely so with the little t and big t trauma can you just briefly say what the little t trauma is and what the big t trauma is because that's a concept that you actually taught me about and i don't think it's a very common knowledge fact 
Oh yeah, of course. I'm sorry. Sometimes like I forget that people don't, might not know this. Um, so big T trauma is what we all know as trauma, right? It is natural disasters, a plane accident, sexual violence, the, the reason why you go to an ER, um, it, but it can also be associated with PTSD, for example. Um, it's death. It's not necessarily physical harm, but it's anything where you're out of control. Um, and you can't, there is no tangible aspect of it, right? Um, versus little t trauma, which is actually much more frequent, um, but less spoken about. So it could be divorce, uh, financial legal worries, uh, conflicts, you know, non-life-threatening injuries that happen. Um, like, for example, me falling down the stairs. I'm still re-traumatized to a degree every time I walk down this. Like that memory comes back every time I go down the stairs even though I've worked on it for years. And that little T can do a lot more damage than a big T ever would because it might not be socially acceptable to speak about. Like you're not the only person in the world getting divorced. So why is this a subject? Or you're the, not the only one who's having, you know, financial or legal worries in the world. And so it becomes a more isolated situation. There's less empathy and acceptance for what it is that you experience. And so what happens is I actually shame ourselves in that experience saying, oh, I should make a big deal out of this because like I'm not the only one going through this experience. Um, and that's where the damage essentially becomes so much greater than a potentially a big T because the same way, you know, water dripping on a rock, if it drips for three days, not a lot's going to happen, drip on it for, you know, a year and there will suddenly be a hole that the water has carved into the rock. And that's the important part is to deal with the little T traumas that our nervous system experiences because the nervous system, um, anything that the nervous system can't process is considered trauma. So anytime the nervous system is overwhelmed because there's too many people or crisis or uncertainty, particularly now, we identify that as trauma. And that's when the body starts to shake. I don't know if, you know, um, in South Africa, you obviously see this a lot more in, in nature um, than we do here in the European cities. But if you watch the, the wildlife, you know, if the antelope has run from the lion, they shake afterwards because they're burning off all of that energy and that experience, that trauma of the fight or flight. We here in society have identified as humans that that's a sign of weakness. So we suppress the shake and thereby anchor the experience, the trauma, whatever it is. And it might have just been you watching a car accident or arriving afterwards your body still identifies that as trauma and by not allowing the shake and the expulsion of that experience we're cementing that within our bodies and that is where we then get stuck with our stories our limiting beliefs and all of the things that we sort of you know we make that thing like i can't go downstairs because i'll fall for me in my case you know yeah, and that trauma actually gets stored in our cells. So I think that's why breathwork is just so powerful because you're going in at a deeper level because like you said, breathwork is our life force energy and it's moving that around um, and it's it's affecting every single cell inside our body, which is so beautiful. I, I have experimented with holotropic breathwork and it was absolutely incredible because and this is what I want to maybe talk more about is that you're going through this experience and things are coming up and 
I know with me, when I first started doing it, I would be sobbing and I wouldn't know what was going on and I wouldn't know what traumas I was releasing, but man, it felt good to let go of what was no longer serving me. Um, so what is it about breath work with a limiting belief? Like, is that memory going to come up during breath work? You know, for, for me, it didn't, but for other people, does it, or does it just get released? How does that whole process work? It very much depends, right? So our nervous system is the highway in the body and it controls how we respond. If we're already in fight or flight, we're going to respond a lot more stressed and aggressive than if we're in a nice, comfortable rest experience, right? Um, and so when you start breathing, and each form of breathwork breathes in a slightly different pattern, um, the version I practice is two inhales and an exhale, and what that does is it actually allows your brain to be busy. Your brain's your protector, right? It's what stops you from falling off and climbing over the edge of a cliff. Uh, and the brain is there because it wants to keep you safe and it will stop you from doing things that feel uncomfortable or might feel threatening to the system. And the breathing pattern allows your brain to be busy. So it is going inhale, inhale, exhale, inhale, inhale, exhale. So it's busy. And because it's busy, you can then tap into the rest of your body, the emotion in your entire system, in the nervous system, in the vagus nerve, and actually process what is you've experienced. Let's say you have a, a regular day, there's a van that drove past you a little bit too fast, there's a man that's standing behind you a little too close at the counter. Nothing's happening per se, but your body is experiencing them all as a threat, right? There's a big man behind you. He's not doing anything. He looks nice. But your body is like, uh-oh, this isn't quite right. So when you lie down at night to breathe, while you might not consciously be thinking of those moments, your body is holding that tension, that moment of like, <gasps> you know? Um, and that's what the breath is releasing. It's that energy of the, the holding of the breath, essentially. And for some people, if you just have, you know, a regular day worth, you could just be feeling a lot of sadness or grief, anxiety that is getting released, a lot of like tension, like, you know, when you feel like when you get up from your desk and you're stretched and you're like, oh, where did that all come from? It's that like holding still all the time. For others, and this usually happens much further down the line, you might see a flash of an image um, or uh, colors or patterns. In, the, in my experience, what I've personally seen while breathing for myself is that it's, it's not a visual experience. It's more a case of your body's tingling and vibrating. You're feeling like pins and needles, but not um, with through the body. And then you suddenly feel um, as if the pins and needles or the vibration, the tingle moves down. So it's like further down your legs, or you might feel like a muscle tension or a form of pain. So it's not like you're having a movie play in your head of an experience and it then goes away. It's more sensationary based because remember your brain is busy. It doesn't have time to process and like create visuals and things like that that usually comes a lot later the, when you're more familiar with the breath um but it's more a case of the tingle and the pressure and sensations within your body that you'll be experiencing as you breathe so this has gotten me super super excited and i know that we have actually planned to do a bit of a breathwork session with our audience which i'm super looking forward to so maybe we can go into that now so that our listeners can actually experience a, a taste of what it is to do breath work um would that be good with you 
Yeah, of course, we can totally do that. So I'm going to give you guys a little bit of an explanation as to how to set up so you can do that now um, before we talk about how to actually do the breathing. So the way I practice breath work um, is lying down um, and you want to be in a space that is quiet or you won't be interrupted. So this could be your couch, the bed, the floor with the yoga mat, anything like that. Um, because we're doing a short session, we won't need any extra supplies, but you may want to have a journal or a piece of paper near you because it can bring up a lot of ideas and solve problems for you, um, especially with these like shorter sessions. So a normal session is about 45 minutes and we're going to do 11 minutes um, today to get you that feeling of the buzz, the tingle that you will experience um, before coming back down to a rest. And the way I like to start is actually by taking um, a couple of centering breaths. So we're going to do that before we start the breathing pattern. Um, and the breathing pattern, since you can't see me, you will um, just place your hands on your chest and your belly. And then we're going to breathe in twice. So the first one goes into your belly and you can really let like your tummy pop out. That's totally fine. Think like food baby style. And then we're going to top that up with the breath into your chest before we exhale. And it's gonna sound like this. And the reason why I always like to ask my clients to place hands on their body is so they can check because dyslexic people, for example, often breathe the other way around. So they breathe into their chest first and then into their belly. So if you can get into a position that is horizontal, um, and if you can't, that's fine. You can also sit in your chair. We're just going to close our eyes. Oh, and I should say that the breathing is done through the mouth. We're going to start through the nose um, to center ourselves, but then we're going to breathe through the mouth. And I will play a little bit of music for you guys. So as long as you hear music, if I'm not talking, you're still good to go. So are you ready, Kylie? I am indeed ready. I'm actually going to do it along with you guys, but I'm sitting. So yes, I will put my microphone on mute just so that you can't hear me going. <laughs> but very, very excited. Okay, great. So we're going to close our eyes and we're going to inhale through the nose. And exhale through the mouth. giving our body a chance to arrive in the here and now as we inhale through the nose and exhale through the mouth. And one more time. Now, if you're feeling that calmness that like yes okay i'm present this is a moment where you can lie down with your eyes closed or stay in your seated position and we're gonna start the breathing pattern which will be breathing into your belly and into your chest before we exhale Mm 
breathing through our mouth into our belly and then into our chest. Connecting to your breath. And connecting to your body. As you find the rhythm and the pattern that works for you. dry mouth you can swallow a couple of times before returning to the breath that breath, that life force entering into your body. So you might start to feel a little tingly, more vibrate even a little bit lightheaded. Keep breathing. gratitude towards your body saying thank you for being here thank you for holding me thank you for carrying me wherever I want to go it's your opportunity to relax your body letting it know that it is safe and that you're here to breathe darkness, the stickiness that might be stuck within your body and any experience you may have had today. If you're feeling any sadness or maybe there's some tears rolling down, that's totally okay. Just keep breathing. vibrations, the tingle in your body, that's your energy, your life force awakening.
Letting the breath move through your body, letting it do the hard work as you breathe a little bit deeper into your belly and a little bit deeper into your chest. for yourself as a gift to yourself for this moment in order to relax and rest and release anything that doesn't help you right now anything that doesn't serve you anything that is keeping you small each inhale you're bringing in more strength and more power kindness more love appreciation and more gratitude. With each exhale, you're releasing the fragments to pieces. It doesn't serve you or help you at this moment in time. stronger the act of breathing now so just keep your eyes closed breathing normally through your nose 
body relax so you vibration to a close I want to place your hands on your heart thanking your body for everything it does for you every day all day and showing some gratitude towards your heart prepare to come back into the room and open your eyes you might want to roll your wrists or ankles or stretch a little bit the important thing is that you go slow right now don't jump up <laughs> and uh, just take it easy maybe you want to drink a water for those listening or if you've got any ideas this is the moment where you can journal or write them down anything that might have come up I find a lot of my business things that I'm working on get resolved where I suddenly have the, the idea and just jotting down those three lines really helps and uh, before Kylie jumps back in with her next question I'm gonna answer the most frequently asked questions I get um, which is frequency which you probably were going to ask at some stage as well you can do this every day if you want to um, there is no limitation. If you want to do this instead of your meditation practice, you can do that. Um, like I said, this is like a quick taster. 
version traditionally they're around 30 minutes 40 minutes these breathwork sessions um, you can do them every day you can do them every week you can do them once a month or quarter or whatever works for you I tend to tap into them when I feel like something's off within my body like something isn't quite right but I can't place it um, so you have that as a tool in your toolbox now um, from a medical perspective I'm not a doctor um, so you want to consult with anyone uh, if you have you know heart issues or are pregnant with your doctor but essentially as you have experienced, you're in control of this experience. So it's up to you to say what feels good and what doesn't feel good. But check with your doctor if there's an underlying medical condition you want to be sure of. And Kylie, do you want to talk about anything you might have felt in your body? Well, firstly, I'm very glad I put myself on mute because it sounded like I was assessed halfway through. It's like, (laughs) 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 so I'm very glad (laughs) I put my mic on mute. Um, And I think that's just what happens. It's, yeah, for me, whenever I do breath work, I always, like, I had a shooting migraine at a point, which obviously dispersed quite quickly. Um, For me, it was just amazing to go within. And whenever I do this, kind of work I always feel this overwhelming sense of sadness when I first do it and then it's like this release and then I feel the tingling and when we are putting our hearts on our hands and saying that gratitude for our bodies I just got this like beautiful tingling all the way from my toes up my legs um whenever I do shake it's always my legs and I know it's like our pelvis that holds the most area uh, is the area that holds the most emotion especially trauma so I always Mm -hmm. do feel that my legs start going crazy so yes I can only imagine what would have gone on if I'd carried on with that I definitely want to do a 45 minute session with myself on my yoga mat which I will do um I will also just warn my boyfriend about what I am doing so that he doesn't think I am possessed um but thank you that was such a beautiful experience my pleasure I mean it's you know it's so fascinating because even when I lie down to breathe and you know as you say the tears start to roll it's like what's that from like nothing in your head is like I was sad about that but it's that tiny trauma that we've experienced throughout the day that your body is holding on to and that's the feeling that gets stuck right um, and then compounds and that's what you want to get rid of it's those tiny moments that you might not even consciously be aware of to just flush that out and yes there will be different things you'll experience um, you know tingling vibrations your hands might cramp your mouth might cramp and there's a meaning to all of those things um, that I usually go into in bigger sessions but I think um, you know if, if you're experiencing this and you're listening to this send me a dm or an email I'm happy to answer any questions that you have about this I also have a um, breathwork guide in my Instagram bio if you want to know exactly about the experiences within the body that you are um, feeling it goes into like what does hand cramping mean and um, you know the tightness of the mouth and all those kinds of things so just talking on that I'm sure a lot of listeners fall especially after that test I know I even want to get more into my breathwork practice but do you have any special offers that we can use and you know really get in touch with you and really go down this journey with you 
Yeah, of course. I have a getting started with breathwork kit, which is very much for the beginner. Um, so we speak about like how to set up the space and what will the experience be like. And you've got a 10, a 20 and a 30 minute session. So you can work yourself up for a lot of people going straight into a big session um, can feel like a lot of work because you're not used to breathing that way. So you can almost can Condition yourself, like your lungs, and how to do that. It's not necessary. You can go straight to 30 minutes if that's what you want to do. But maybe the 10 minute version is the one you do in the mornings, and the 31 a minute one is you do on the weekends when you feel called to. Um, it also goes into all of the experiences that uh, you might have, any tingling, um, you know, what the different things mean, whether it's the left or the right side, and uh, all those things. And it goes also quite deep into the frequently asked questions. Um, so that is available on um, gettingstartedwithbreathwork.com, which will reroute you to my um, kit. But if you are like, I don't want to do this by myself, you're welcome to join me for my virtual groups that I host. Um, in the month of April, they are every Saturday. In May, there'll be two Saturdays. It's usually the first and the second, uh, third, first and the third Saturday of the month. Um, but that also changes, and they're different themed breath work. So there might be, um, like, I've got one coming up now um, for an open heart. Um, so they focus on different areas if you want to go into that, or you can work with me one on one. Of course, if you're looking at your specific experiences and scenarios, or maybe there's something more in the big T um, trauma that you want to work through specifically versus um, working with these bigger, lighter subjects. Beautiful. I'm sure our listeners will reach out to you and we'll definitely link up all of your links in your show notes. So if you guys are listening and would like to um, speak to Emily, you can do it through Instagram and Facebook and her website. We'll link up all of those in the show notes. So I do have, sorry. Yes. Um, I actually forgot to mention that I've got um, a little coupon for you guys for the getting started with breathwork mm -hmm. kit. So if you go um, in uh, and type on the coupon field, mind your hero, all in capital, then you'll get that for free. That is incredible. Thank you so much for that offer. So I do have one question and I don't even know if I am allowed to ask it, but it's been driving <laughs> me crazy. <laughs> so I really, so it is a fun question, but what are some of the celebrities that you got to work with? If you are allowed to mention that. Um, <laughs> the list is very, very long. Um, so I'll rattle them off real quick. Uh, the ones that pop to mind, at least. I've had um, Michael Caine, Melanie Griffith, uh, Emma Thompson, Meryl Streep, uh, Richard Gere, James Franco, um, Charlie Hunnam, Kirsten Dunst, um, Robert Pattinson, uh, a lot, a lot. Those are just the, wow. the ones that come to mind. So I'm a complete Taylor Swift fan. Ever come across her? Not yet, no. Okay, <laughs> but that is amazing and super, super. I'm also an Emma Thompson fan, so that is amazing. Oh, and Emma Thompson and Meryl Streep are just powerhouses out there. It's incredible what they do. They really, really are. It's it's incredible to also just meet somebody that has been in their presence, and I'm sure that just gave your perspective of the world a very different perspective. Like you said, that glitzy and fancy world. Um, 
very, very, very cool. Well, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> yes, I know, but I had to had to ask because I've been so burning to ask that question since we first um were in contact. But Emily, thank you so much for today. It was so valuable. I'm feeling like a completely different soul right now, feeling so aligned, and I've got a lot of coaching to do today. So I think everyone is going to have the best version of me. So I think they can thank you for that as well. Um, but thank you so, so much. And I really do hope that this is not our last episode that we do together, because I think there's so much more that we can talk about. So thank you very much for being here. Thank you for sharing a session with us. And thank you for the coupon code and all of your offers. It's really just so beautiful. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm happy to be here and share this work. It's magic. You know, I keep saying this and everyone kind of looks at me like, yeah, okay. Um, because it really is. And it can help you release that tension, can help you feel more centered, can give you an energy burst if that's what you're looking for. Um, so it's just like a little love for your body and soul and spirit um, and whatever moment in time that you feel that you need it. So use it when you've got it. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Mind Your Hero podcast. We hope it's lit a fire within you to go after and achieve your dreams. If you loved this episode, we'd be honored if you would leave a review and share it with your friends on social media. As a thank you for sharing in our dream to inspire millions across the globe, we'll gift you a guided meditation that will allow you to step into the power of your inner hero faster than you could ever imagine. For daily inspiration, be sure you're following us on all social media platforms at Mind Your Hero. We've absolutely adored our time together on this episode and look forward to you tuning in again. Until next time, we wish you a magic-filled week.